Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions, and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. Welcome to this episode in which I share, as promised last episode, the second part of the interview that I did with the Soulfulpreneur Show. So with no further delay, let's move right into part two. Enjoy. And I should say that um, Robert's generously giving away his course, Journey to the Infinite, which is multimedia, lots of videos, great information. Even if you've read the Busting Loose books, it's definitely recommended that you watch this. Uh, You can go to robertscheinfeld.com slash register-journey-infinite. And we do have that link on the Blog Talk Radio site, and it'll be on the Soulfulpreneur website, too. Thank you for making that available, by the way. Yeah, the other thing, if it's hard for people to remember that, is if you go to my website, robertscheinfeld.com, there's a search box in the upper right-hand corner, and just type Journey to the Infinite there, and then you'll get up a link to what you just said if you can't remember the or you don't get the blog talk radio or whatever, you can still find it easily on the website. Excellent. Yeah, I love the program. And Robert, I love your sense of humor, which I think it's so important to me. Humor is huge. So you're a great presenter and, and you make it fun. Well, thank you. And I'm just a character in a story that's been built to be that way, you know. Well, I, honest I like to God, I didn't when it was happening, and I don't now. You know, I don't take any personal credit for any of this stuff. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Busting mm-hmm. Loose book, in a sense, wrote itself, and I was kind of described like, uh, if you know the story, just because I used the example of J.K. Rowling, the story of Harry Potter pretty much downloaded into her mind, and she just wrote it out. It isn't always yeah. like that with fiction writers, but it really was mostly like this thing was pouring through me as it appeared, and I was writing it all down. But I, I don't take personal responsibility for it, and I certainly don't put myself up on any kind of a pedestal. But the way I actually experienced it was, it just happened. And I happened to be the character that happened to bring it through, but it's still ultimately a story written by the big author that we've been talking about, and I'm just the character that does certain things. Again, like Harry's the one that had the unique ability to defeat Voldemort. I was taken on a unique path and ended up sharing what I consider to be unique stuff. But, again, nothing special about me. I'm just a character in an unusual story, like we all are. But this story happened to be about truth and a different take on it, you could say. Yeah, well, you've been very helpful, I know, to me and Rachel and so many people. So we're we're fortunate that that information came through. How does it feel writing your your fiction book? That must be. Is it harder because you know it wasn't a big download? You're you're developing that creatively yourself. You said you're studying um, the art of writing, and um, you, well, you've that's the interesting thing. That's the interesting thing. Every nonfiction book that I've written, and I've written five of them, and I'm working on an Ultimate Key to Freedom book now, which is, you could call it the sixth. 
What has always happened in my story is I just get taken over by this creative wave, and the next thing you know, as I perceive it, this thing is pouring through me. And uh, there can appear to be editing and tweaking and, no, 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 I don't like that. I wanted to say it this way or that's not clear enough and that kind of stuff. But bottom line, it's something that pours through me. And I'm aware of the fact that that's really what's going to happen and has been happening with this novel. But I also am just curious about those kinds of things. So the reality is, you know, J.K. Rowling wrote this amazing story. I don't believe, although I could be wrong. I don't believe she studied the art of storytelling or studied how to write great fiction. The story just came through her. The story could have just come through me. But as it turns out, I'm looking at some of these kinds of things. And ironically, Rachel, you'll discover this. There's some things about the art of storytelling that are really relevant to Phase 3 and to um, Ultimate Freedom, which is what I call the experience of the sunshine purely shining. So there were uses of it from that thing, but I just, I'm having a blast. And when these energies come, I type stuff out. I narrate stuff into an audio recorder. I do whatever I do. Um, and, and when the energy's not there, I don't work on it. And, but I'm having a blast. And at the story level, I could write nonfiction in my sleep. Um, it's very easy for me, but fiction's different. And mm -hmm. it isn't something that I can write in my sleep whether it pours through me or not, it's a different thing. So it's a, it's a different kind of an experience, and I'm having fun going through, seeing what comes through, and going through the pieces of the story that appear to be me learning a new skill. <laughs> but it's fun, and I, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. Who knows? But I feel like The Ultimate Key to Freedom may be my last nonfiction book that I'll ever write, and that the only other books I'll write after that will be fiction. That's kind of the vision I have, which could be wrong, but that's the vision I have. So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it unfolds. Yes, we will. <laughs> cool. Well, we don't want to take advantage of your time, Robert. Um, I know we could both talk to you for <laughs> for an oh, infinite yeah. amount of time, but really just thank you so much for for speaking with us and, and sharing what you're up to these days, and uh, we really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to spend some more time if you have it on your show and there are other questions or we can end, whatever it is. Yeah, we would, we'd love to keep going. We have a bunch more questions on yeah, the phone. Absolutely. Great, so well, I'll take the go next for one. It. And this is 281615. You're on the air with Robert. Hey, Rachel, it's Patty. Hey, Patty, how are you? I'm good. I have to say this show has been incredible, and it's shed so much light for me. Thank you, Robert. Uh, I read an excerpt from your book or your teachings every morning, and I'm, I keep getting clearer and clearer. And there's one, this is a question, and it's, it's probably a really basic question, but perhaps because it is a lot of other people might be experiencing it too. I'm definitely in phase two, and the weirdest, most uncomfortable stuff has been happening to me for a little over a year. Just, <laughs> just to let you know, I can do the process many, many times a day. But there's also kind of like in reading it, and this is what I'm working with in myself because of letting go of judgment, there's kind of an expectation if you do all this stuff, 
then you get to this huge, expanded, no limits space where money's not an issue, where everything's just creative bliss. And you also say that time, how long it takes to get there doesn't matter. But what if you, like, what if your creative story uh, has been set up to be kind of um, crappy and frustrating until you're dead? Which is what goes through my mind when I get really, like, really discouraged or frustrated. Like, so I don't know. Is there some way you can address that that would? Because I I find myself negotiating. Don't think, you know, don't worry about that. Just go with it. And at the same time, that that story gets into my head fairly regularly. Well, to me, it's a very complicated story. Um. To me, if someone is in a phase one story and what you're calling crappy stuff happens, it's about one thing. Mm-hmm. If somebody is in phase two and what you're calling crappy stuff happens, then it's about drilling through the cloud covers, or you could say, lack of a better term, there's purpose to it. And the goal is to get to, it isn't really, but it appears to be a better place. Right. If it's in phase three... You're playing in the sunshine and stuff happened. And and, and this is not something that the mind will accept until it experiences it. And then the mind just shuts up because it doesn't need to be giving its opinions in phase three. But in phase three, if the stuff happened that you're calling crappy stuff, of course, it isn't crappy stuff in phase one, phase two, or phase three. But if that kind of stuff happened in phase three, the relationship to it would be completely different and it wouldn't be looked at that way. Everybody on this phone has read, on this call, has read novels that they loved and that they were riveted by and that they couldn't go to sleep because they just wanted to see what was going to happen, where crappy stuff was happening to the hero. We've all watched movies that were just, we'd say, oh my God, that was such a great movie, you have to go see that. And either at certain points or through most of it, crappy stuff, and what you're calling that were happening to the character. And But we didn't perceive it that way as the reader of the story. We didn't perceive it that way as the watcher of the movie. And in phase three, you don't perceive it in that kind of a judgmental way. But the same kind of stuff could happen. But it would be, oh, my God, this is an amazing experience. This is an amazing opportunity to have unique thoughts and feelings and to have things happen with the body and with other people and stuff in this particular scenario. And the judgment's gone. Um, but, you know, it's like I, it was mentioned before that I recommend that people watch this movie called The Game with Michael Douglas. And for people that haven't seen that movie, it's the movie about a guy that you you talked about before. I don't remember if it was Megan or Rachel about being, um, detached from stuff. And it was about a character that, because of childhood wounding, got really shut down. And he was very rich, but he was very wealthy, but he was very shut down. And his brother was worried about him. And the reality is, if the brother had just come up to the guy and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, bud, you're turning into an asshole, you know? Wake up. You need to change the way you're being, you know? The guy wouldn't have done anything. He wouldn't have changed. But when things happened that really caused pushed on stuff, and which is what happens on the journey through phase two, 
Um, then it creates the opportunity to undermine the cloud cover and have different kinds of experiences. Very often that's what's required in a unique story. It's not a universal required. And so a lot of times the things that we call crappy, the things that we call difficult in phase two are what's necessary to knock out the cloud cover. If it was gentler, you know, we would still be with the lies, illusions, and stories, and for them to get knocked out and shattered, it very often takes a very aggressive kind of a play, and so that's what tends to happen. Anyway, I could spend hours on this particular question, too, but it, again, if it was in phase one, that kind of stuff has one purpose. If it's in phase two, that kind of stuff has a different purpose. And in phase three, to whatever extent that kind of stuff continues, there's a different relationship with it. And for a lot of people, that kind of stuff, even if you wouldn't use that language, doesn't have to happen anymore because it's not useful. It's not needed. So the storyline changes. You know, it's like if you look at the Harry Potter story, the odds are after he defeated Voldemort, the rest of his life was not so difficult and traumatic. But it had to be for that particular part of the story to unfold. I mean, he had a pretty tough life in those, you know, seven years. Constantly in danger, constantly, you know, almost being killed and the most powerful evil force in the universe trying to get him. And, I mean, it was a pretty tough, negative, crappy life, you could say. But then that wasn't needed anymore, you know, after that was over. So these kinds of things can happen. But there's no guarantee. The only guarantee is in Phase 3... My current language is when ultimate freedom is awake, the relationship that you have to everything that happens inside of you and everything that happens outside of you is radically different. And things like crappy, good, bad, pleasurable, painful, all these kinds of things don't occur anymore. Not because they occur and you talk yourself out of them, you know, with some what I call enlightened overlay. You just don't perceive it that way. It's not a thinking thing. You just don't perceive it that way. You don't perceive it that way and use some technique to transform it. You just don't experience those kinds of polarities anymore. And everything is just an amazing story, no matter how it's unfolding, that gives an opportunity for unique thoughts, feelings, and, and uh, sensations inside of you and, and unique experiences outside of you and with the body and with other people and whatever. That's awesome. Does that help, Patty? It does help. In fact, it makes a lot of difference because what's been, what I've been trying, working to let go of is expectations and getting out of that judgment. And uh, Well, let me say something about that, and this is heavily influenced by my bias, but it, it's also just rampant in self-help, whether it's mainstream or it's spiritual and metaphysical. My bias is, until you knock out enough cloud cover, judgment isn't going to go away. The kind of stuff that you just talked about that you said I'm working on, you know, isn't going to go away. You can't technique those kinds of things away. They go away when you knock out enough cloud cover and more sun is shining. They go away naturally. But as long as the cloud cover is in place, my bias is it's never going to happen. Because it's the cloud cover stuff that's putting it there. And until you knock out the cloud cover, those kinds of things don't change and don't go away. It can seem like they do, 
Uh, but they don't. That's my bias. There can be exceptions to this in unique stories, of course. But that's my bias from my own experience and seeing tens of thousands of people on this journey now from all over the world is that there's all these rules and formulas and techniques that you can supposedly use to make these bad things or bad habits or whatever you want to call it go away, but they never seem to work. But when you knock out enough cloud cover and enough sunshine, using that metaphor shines in, then those things disappear, but not by you wanting them to or efforting or techniquing them to go away. They just disappear. But whenever you're trying to make them disappear, they never seem to. That's my experience. But there's an endless number of things you should do to make them go away, but my bias is they never do. That's why, ultimately, if you were on earlier, that's why I got pushed to that point of desperation, because it was like, come on. I've tried so many things. I've put in so much time, energy, and money trying to change and fix and improve and stop judging and this and that, and nothing works, you know. I don't even feel like trying anything else anymore. It's obvious, you know, again, there's something else. but it's So anyway... I used to say that there's so many people out there that say, I'm working on, you know, dissolving judgment. I'm working on this, that, or the other. But until you knock out enough cloud cover, none of it works. But when you knock out enough cloud cover, just to repeat myself again, that kind of stuff naturally dissolves or transforms or whatever word you want to use without you trying to or setting it as an outcome or struggling with it. They just... It's not in the sunshine, that kind of stuff. So it doesn't appear. Anyway, there's so many things out there that say, set this goal, use this technique, use this path, and you can da-da-da-da. And I like to push on that because it just doesn't seem to be true. Mm -hmm. But the flip of it is it goes away on its own on this path when you knock out enough cloud cover without yeah. it being a goal or a target or an intention. It just happens. Patty, it just sounds like there's more more power in some eggs there for you because oh, you're there's observing. there's definitely some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep going that. after that. <laughs> and I and the other and thing I... I... The other thing I'd like to add, too, and again, Harry Potter is just such a great example for so many things. Harry Potter wanted to defeat Voldemort in the first book. It didn't happen until the very end of the seventh book. The reason is because there's all these things that needed to happen in the story. For him and for Voldemort and for other characters, there were all these things that had needed to happen before that was written into the story. If, if we had all picked up the first Harry Potter book, and, you know, I don't know, I guess it was maybe 300 pages. And uh, on page whatever, 100, Harry Potter, you know, saw Voldemort and swung his wand and said some magic spell and Voldemort died. It wouldn't be a good story. But it was a good story with the twists and turns and all the stuff that happened through all the books. And so many of us would, you know, if consciousness or whatever you want to call it were to say, hey, I'll snap my finger, knock out all the cloud cover, and put you into phase three right now. Or you can have a journey over five years, four years, three years. You know, for me, it was about eight years in phase two. And then I'll give you the goodies. You know, which one would you take? Most of us, based on cloud cover, would take the finger snapping, make it immediate, 
because we're so fed up, you know, with what we've been struggling with. But the reality is this is all about stories and this is about experiences and this is about journeys. And if you have finger-snapping magic, instant movement from point A to point B, you cheat yourself out of that. So if you're going to move through the cloud cover, you're going to move from phase two to phase three, the odds are it's going to unfold with a story, with twists and turns, with things that happen that unfold over time. And if you're like I was, you know, the mind resists that and fights that and says, enough of this. I've been struggling with this my whole life. Screw it. I just want all this bad stuff gone and I want all the good stuff present and enough is already, you know. I paid my dues, I've done my whatever, now I just want the goodies, but when it's all said and done, as difficult as things got for me, I wouldn't trade one second of it, and I'm glad as hell that it wasn't finger-snapping magic and that my grandfather didn't give it all to me on a silver platter when I was 12. I wouldn't trade one second of the story, but the thing is, again, if there's a point A, there's a point B in your story, the odds are... The journey's going to unfold over time with a lot of interesting opportunities, and it isn't going to happen immediately. And what I've seen for myself and thousands of people all over the world is, no matter how difficult it gets, when they look back on the journey from whatever the point A was to the point B, their appreciation is just through the roof, but not when they're in the middle of it. And that isn't the way it was with me. I felt like giving up so many times. Didn't think I had the strength to continue. But now, wow. Anyway, I just wanted to add that. This is all about stories, and they unfold over time with twists and turns and other things, and that's the way the journey through the cloud cover tends to as well. And I'll add one other thing just quickly. There aren't many of these that I'm aware of. There may be some that people listening are aware of, but there have been some stories of people who were going about their business and they were living their lives and then all of a sudden, boom, something happened. And all of a sudden they were, whatever, awake, illuminated, enlightened, whatever word you want. There was massive shift. I would call it in my language instant, instant dissolution of the cloud cover. It was a finger-snapping kind of an event. And it was so disorienting and it was so confusing that these people would say it took them multiple years to be able to adjust to the radical fast change. So even if it was finger-snapping fast like that, there still tends to be a journey that unfolds over time anyway. Um, That's just the way this, this beast seems to be because that's what makes a great story and a great experience. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was great. That's awesome. Thank There's you. an awesome documentary that I love, and you can get it on Netflix called Wake Up. And I know the boy's last name is Elrod, I believe. It's like Jason Elrod, but he had one of those, you know, transformations like that, pretty instant, and uh, it's fascinating. So people listening might want to check that one out. Yeah, there's a woman I'm aware of. Her name's Katie Davis. And she has a famous story about that. She was a yoga instructor. She had no interest in spiritual things or awakening or enlightenment or anything like that. And all of a sudden, she woke up one day or whatever, and whammo. And she actually said it took her eight years to adjust. Wow. Yeah. To that radical shift. And she wasn't seeking it out either, you know. 
It isn't like she was seeking it out and then it happened, whammo. It, she wasn't even looking for that. She was just enjoying what she was doing. And then I'm pretty sure that's what she said. It took her eight years to be able to adjust to that radical shift in her life. It's a fascinating story. Yeah, yeah. I can't say that happened exactly to me, but in some ways I can really relate to that. Because like I said, five years ago, this was not my my sphere <laughs> at all. <laughs> And now it's like I speak a different language. So it's it's interesting how it unfolds. Yeah. yeah. Rachel, do we have any other questions, Rachel? We do. Yeah. Thank you so much, Patty, by the way. Oh, thank you. And it just goes back to the fact that, you know, our thoughts can't create our things because she wasn't thinking about that, right? Yeah, Yeah, but again, if you look at your life with brutal honesty, you just, you see that that's more often the case. Mm Mm-hmm. There's the stuff that you wanted that doesn't happen. There's the stuff that you were afraid of that doesn't happen. And then there are all these things that happen that you never thought of, never would have thought about in a million years that happen. And so it doesn't take a lot of work to realize that that's a myth. But it's a sexy myth. It is. To a lot of people (laughs) with, with cloud cover phase one dynamics in place, feeling powerless, disliking their lives to be told, hey, you got power. And all you got to do is change your your thoughts, change your beliefs, use this technique, do this or that, and you can create anything you want. It's a very appealing message for in a phase one world, number one, and because it's all about stories, the trying to do these different kinds of things and whatever happens and them not working, and different, it creates great opportunities for great human game, human story experiences. And so it's great raw material for stories, but... It's a very appealing message, which is why we all get so sucked into it, my bias, and why we keep trying different techniques and different paths when so many of them continue to fail, to fail is because we, we're holding out hope that maybe we can have that kind of power, that maybe we really can change our lives, and all right, well, that stuff didn't work, but maybe this new technique will. And It's a very seductive message, but if you look at it and you look at your own life, There are exceptions. There are people that will say, I used the law of attraction, I visualized, I did this, I did that, and I got this, 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 and this. There's a lot of stories like that, but if you really push on those, and I have done this a lot in my life, including when I worked with Tony Robbins way back when, those are the exceptions. But if you were to say to people, okay, how many times did you try these techniques and got what you wanted, and how many times did you try and you didn't? Most of the times you try and you don't, even though from time to time it appears to work. But if somebody told you a technique was magical and it never worked, it wouldn't be seductive, it wouldn't be sexy, it wouldn't people wouldn't do it. So that's why, to my bias, these things occur in phase one the way they do, because when they do appear to work sometimes, um, then all of a sudden it's, well, then maybe it'll work for me. And then you can go down roads and have all kinds of experience. If it always failed, uh, you couldn't do that. So the way the stories are written, they work sometimes enough to give hope, but not enough to change the phase one dynamic. And it doesn't ultimately change Mm -hmm. till you move into phase two, you knock out enough cloud cover, and then you have the opportunity to go in phase three. Anyway, I'm rambling, but these are all important (laughs) points to me. Yeah. Awesome. 
So, and you can ramble here anytime, Robert. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a question from 337422. Hi. Hello. Hi. This is Casey. Hey, Casey. How are you? What's your question? I'm good. So, I do have a question, and uh, but I got to speak to what you were just speaking about um, because all this energy was just rushing through my body um, about having this. Uh, almost instantaneous shift because that that was my experience about six years ago where like I started meditating and reading the power now and then like a month later even now as I speak about it and take a breath I had this experience where I just I just felt Love pouring through me, right? Just boom. It was like getting pulled out of the matrix. Right? And I could, that's the only way that I could describe it. And it's six years ago, and I'm still trying to like, deal with this. And I think what you were speaking to, Robert, about this stuff and spirituality and self help is oh, so much of it. It's such crap. It's like trying to get us to fix ourselves, and we don't need to fix ourselves. And it's really kind of led me astray from the experience that I had six years ago. It kind of took me on this, although that's part of the story, I guess, right? <laughs> that you're saying. So I'm just glad that that you spoke about that because it just something was moving through me and it felt really good uh, to know that uh, that's a, that's a real experience because I've been wondering about this for a long time. And so my question is: like, What does happen whenever somebody, a character from the story, realizes that they're in a story? Does that give them now? Are they co-creating the story now, or? Are they just stepping out of the way and letting the story unfold? It's a very difficult thing to explain, and ultimately no explanation does any good until you actually experience it. I do this this event live now that's called The Ultimate Key to Freedom, and there's also an online course version of it that's available, and it's designed to facilitate somebody actually having the experience of the answer to that, not an idea or a concept being given. Yeah. So it's a very difficult thing to soundbite. But, but um, no, you're not a co-creator, but your relationship to everything is radically different. And the other thing that I just want to say, and I know you didn't really mean it this way, and I totally get where you're coming from, because from a certain perspective I felt the same thing, but it's not that self-help is crap, and it's not that there's anything wrong with the teachers or the people that share these things that ultimately don't work. It's all magnificent, and it all is amazing raw material for great stories, great experiences. If crap means they don't work, then yes, they're crap. If crap means they say this is the way the world works and that isn't the way the world works, then yes, it's crap. But it's all useful. And, you know, in my story, I could have ended up where I am right now when I'm calling phase three and never tried any self-help technique and never had it fail. You know, it's not like it's required. 
but this Robert Scheinfeld story has been extraordinary, and it's been extraordinary by not knowing anything about that stuff and then discovering it and being excited and then trying and then noticing that it didn't work. And then all the, I mean, it, it, it made for just like with Harry Potter taking seven books to defeat Voldemort, going through all of this, embracing these things, getting to that point of desperation. I mean, it, it was an amazing story. And all of it is brilliant, amazing stuff that was created. Yes, that it, it was not true. And yes, ultimately the techniques didn't work. And yes, ultimately I had to abandon looking at the world the way that I did. But that doesn't make that crap, and it doesn't make me stupid, and it doesn't make anybody that's still following those things or believing right. in them stupid or wrong. It's just stories. You know, if you were to go to Amazon, if you were to go to a big bookstore and you were to go into the fiction section and look at all the books on the shelves, they're all about these different stories and amazing things happening to unique characters. And some of them would include techniques that didn't work, and some of them would be about spiritual path and this kind of stuff, and some of them wouldn't. But it's all just stories. And the self-help stuff, you know, the dead ends of it, the quicksand of it, all of that is, is great raw material for amazing stories. And um, there was something else that you said that I wanted to address, but it has escaped me. Um, but no, and my bias is the reason that so much of us want the ending to be that we end up being a co-creator or that we end up getting to have some power that we end up getting to be able to choose. My bias is that that's coming from the mind, and it's coming from the mind being so fed up with being powerless that it's just desperate. It's almost like a whiny little kid that's actually saying, when do I get to decide? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't coming from any place real, and, and I don't know a single character where what I my language now is where ultimate freedom awakened in their story or phase three you know they're playing in the sunshine that has any desire to be the decision maker or to be in control or to be able to choose it just it just goes away it's not in the sunshine but I think the reason it's there and the reason there's still a hunger for it or curiosity about it is because of the powerlessness of phase one and when the sun begins to shine and you begin to experience the truth of it, and part of the truth is you are the author, as I mentioned before, you can't separate the character from the author. You can't, and you really have a sense of that, not as an idea, but as an experience. All this stuff just goes away. As long as it's an idea or a concept, then the mind can argue with it. It can say, yeah, but, or what about this, or what about that, or I agree, or I disagree. When it's an experience, all of that goes away because you're just experiencing what the truth of it is. And as I said, speaking a little bluntly, the mind shuts up. Yes. There's the nothing to argue with or wonder about anymore when you're actually experiencing the truth of something. The mind but can no. even uh, say that it's enlightened. Right? Like, I am enlightened. This is what it is if, it's not, if you're not in the actual experience of it. That, yeah. That's what you're saying, some, something like that? It's in that family, yeah. Again, that's a big, that's another long discussion, but uh, what phase three really is, what enlightenment really means, you know, how does the individual fit into it? It's a, But it takes care of itself when things become experiential, and that's been 
one of the other unique aspects of this Robert story and what what I've been sharing is, is and what I've been seeking as a writer, teacher, whatever you want to call it. And it's still just a story, but it, at the story level, it's how can I facilitate the experience of truth awakening in somebody? Not just ideas and concepts and, you know, but what can actually happen that awakens the actual experience of it? And at the story level, that's what I've been seeking for a long time, to have the experience myself and then to be able to help other people have it, but not just to tell them a bunch of stuff that's true, to support the actual experience of it awakening. And, And that's where all of this takes care of itself. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Casey. Thank you, Casey. And Casey, I'll say that um, the course he's referring to, the ultimate key to freedom, I'm halfway through, and you really do experience it. He makes it really easy to find what he's talking about in yourself and in your story and everything and actual, you know, feeling of it, having the experience of it. So, yeah, check that out if, if that sounds cool for you. All right, so um, we have a question from the chat. Mysterious Mysteries says, I was wondering about following desires. If someone really wants to travel to Hawaii, but they don't have the money, can they trust that as long as they start the journey and keep applying the process to any negative feelings that come up, will it work out for them? There's no guarantee of that, no. Again, that's bad news for a lot of people. It's not to me. (laughs) There are a number of reasons for that. The first level of the reason for that is a lot of times what we call a desire is a distortion that's coming from cloud cover. And it isn't what you really want, and it isn't something that would really give you whatever the benefits are that you think it would. It's a distortion that's coming from, in my language, cloud cover dynamics and it wouldn't really float your boat, it wouldn't really be the great thing. So to me, anytime there's a desire for something that appears, to my bias, there's a question mark after it. Okay, I'm aware of a desire for da-da-da-da, you know, we'll see what happens. But so much of the time in phase one anyway, and even continuing into phase two, it's a phantom, you know. It's coming from some sort of distortion. Um. And when you're experiencing truth and you've knocked out enough cloud cover, a lot of those desires, over time, they all just vanish because they were phantoms. But there's all kinds of stories, you know. Somebody had a desire for da-da-da-da. They worked for weeks. They worked for months. They worked for years in order to experience it, and they finally got this thing that they wanted, and then there was an emptiness in it or there was some joy and pleasure, whatever, for a very brief period of time, sometimes shockingly brief, and then it's all of a sudden, now what? There's a very famous quote, and I'm, I'm saying this because I, I happened to discover the video clip for this. I can't remember again. I think this may have been in Journey to the Infinite, but it's a, a very famous quote from an interview with Tom Brady, the quarterback of a football team, and he's talking about the fact that he had three Super Bowl rings. You know, he'd won three Super Bowls and, you know, was considered one of the best and most winning quarterbacks of all time, and he felt like there's got to be more to life than this. So that's part of why. Um, but the story's the story. 
if you look at stories, there are times that the hero has a goal and the hero achieves the goal. There are times the hero has the goal and the hero doesn't achieve the goal. There are times the hero has the goal and in, and in the pursuit of it realizes that isn't what I really want, that isn't who I really am. Um, and they, they go to a different, the story's the story. And there is no guarantee and there is no infallible technique that you can use that is guaranteed to produce a particular result that you want to have happen in your life. The story is the story. And there's an author to the story that has a plan and a place that the characters are supposed to get to, just like, like with an author of fiction. And so, again, ultimately, this is perceived by a lot of people, by the mind, as bad news. But these days, there aren't that many desires that uh, occur to me, but when they do, what then appears is, all right, I think that would be kind of cool. Let's see what happens. And it's the same kind of a thing of if you're reading a great novel, you're watching a great movie, and all of a sudden a thought occurs to you, wow, I think this is going to happen to the character, you know. Um, and then you don't know, so it's kind of like keep turning the pages to see what's going to happen in the novel, keep watching the movie to see, and it isn't any big deal if it happens, and it isn't any big deal if it didn't happen. You're just aware that a desire popped up. But um, that's the way I am with all of that. So anyway, long-winded once again, but no. There is no guarantee that if you use the tools and you embrace the model and you have a particular goal that you're going to achieve it. If it really would be supportive to your story, if it really is something that's part of your life, purpose, mission, whatever you want to call it, then yes, absolutely it will happen. Not because you use the tools, it'll just happen because it's part of your story. But if it's not, it won't, and it doesn't matter. Again, Harry Potter, it wasn't part of his story to defeat Voldemort till the end of the seventh book. It didn't matter what he did or how badly he wanted it, or whatever techniques or whatever he used on the pages of the earlier books, the story was for it not to happen till the end. It's the same thing with our lives in terms of what I see with a capital S and experience with a capital E, and it's not a big deal. It's not a problem. It doesn't depress me. It doesn't demotivate me. It's not an issue. It's just a truthful, with a capital T, relationship with what's going on. And when you knock out enough cloud cover, again, a lot of these desires disappear. Attachment to them disappears. And then as some of the spiritual teachings say, there's massive appreciation for what is appearing and what does appear, whether it aligns with some desire or not. That, to me, is the truth of it. But no bad news in that at all. It's all good news. Cool. If you aren't meant to go to Hawaii because that hasn't been written in the story, to use your example, then you're not going to go there. And the reason you're not going to go there is because it wouldn't support your story in the way that you think it would or in any other way. And if it, it would support your story, and, and that's why the desire's there, and stuff's done over a period of time to work your way towards getting there, whatever that is, saving up the money, saving up the vacation days, you know, quitting a job, and whatever it is, then the journey to get there will happen. And, but there's no guarantee of any particular outcome on this path. The only guarantee is your relationship with an experience of whatever happens will be radically different. Radically different. Which translates mm -hmm. into massive enjoyment of it no matter what. 
But the so mind is never going to believe that mm. until it experiences it. So it does kind of bring up the general question of goal setting, I guess. And that, I mean, that's something we do to entertain ourselves, right? Like we set a goal, like I want to go here in 2015. So, hmm, I'm trying to figure out what that means then. I mean, well, this you gets tricky, able... and it can get yeah. very confusing, especially yeah. because there is so much evidence out there about people that were taught to set goals and were taught these strategies for achieving them, and they will say, you know, setting an intention, setting a goal, blah, 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 changed my life. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't, you know. There's a zillion examples of that being true. Is there any power in goal setting? To me, the truth is no. Is setting goals and achieving some of them and finding ways to do it, and it seeming like the goal had power useful for some stories? Absolutely. I haven't set a goal in, in I think, eight years. Amazing stuff still happens. I'm not the writer of the story. It doesn't matter if I have a goal or not. (laughs) But I could have set goals. It doesn't matter. Right. Harry, there's a famous scene in the Harry Potter movies. I think it's in the final movie. And um, they're getting close, actually, to defeating them. And at one point, Harry says, we need to go to Hogwarts. And Hermione says, we can't just go there. We have to have a plan. And Harry looks at her and says, since when have any of our plans worked? Mm-hmm. We make these plans. We get there. All hell breaks loose. And something else happens. You know, let's just go there. And uh, so if, if what I now call true creative essence, used to call consciousness expanded self, wants to have a character set goals, wants it to appear as if there was some magic formula to achieve them, it can write that into the story, and it can appear that way. But if it appears to work, it's because the writer wrote it that way. It's not because there's any inherent power in it or that it's necessary or that if you don't set an intention or you don't set a goal, it ain't going to happen. That's not true. But if we were to study a 1,000 people on this path through Phase 2 into Phase 3, if we were to study a 1,000 people and in their stories, Ultimate Freedom is Awake, to use my current language, we'd find people that still set goals. They don't care. They're not attached to them, but they still set goals. They still have targets, and what happens, happens, and other people that don't, and we'd see all kinds of variety. The important thing to me is to realize the truth, which is there's no power in it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not necessary. And if there's power in it, if there appears to be cause and effect in it, it's because the writer wrote it that way, not because it's just inherently powerful or, you know, the way it is, yeah. the way you have yeah. to live. That's my well, bias. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I've lived my whole life. I'm, I'll be 46 in a month, and I have never been a goal setter. And I've sort of felt guilty about that because so many people are. And I've just naturally kind of just motored along. <laughs> and so far, it's worked out pretty well. But uh, that's, that's, huh, that's interesting. Interesting yeah. view. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't say what I'm about to say in a judgmental way at all. I'm just observing something that appears. 
Mm-hmm. If you go into Tony Robbins' world, if you talk to a guy like Tony Robbins, if you talk to a lot of people that are in his sphere of influence, they'll tell you all kinds of stories about how yeah. they set goals and they 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 uh, modeled somebody and they this and that and it turned their life around and they all of a sudden started to make money and blah 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 and all these things and there's so much evidence about spiritual things about mainstream things about goals about everything there's so much evidence to support that this is the way it is i've just been taken into seeing that that's not the way it is it can happen if it's been written into the story but the power is always in the writer The power is never in the characters or what appears to be going on in the story. I mean, again, what I said before to me is the truth. It's just my bias, but it's the truth. If a character in a story says something, does something, thinks something, feels something, produces any result, what had to happen first? If you're reading it in the pages of a novel, no matter what it is, huh? It had to be scripted there. Yeah, the writer had to write it or you can't be experiencing it. It's the same thing in a movie. If you see something on the screen, somebody had to put it there. Somebody had to write it. And to me, that's the truth. So if the story is, there's cause and effect. But again, if you study goal setting and and people are brutally honest, and what happens so much is they're not. They goal set for 100 things. They get 10 of them. They conveniently forget that they didn't get the other 90, and then they say goal-setting works. (laughs) That's what tends to happen in phase one. But that aside, it, um, you know, it just, to me, the truth is the truth, and then it's a question of what happens. It's it's not a a rule or a formula, a prescription or a recommendation. It just, in my life, I haven't set goals since I moved into phase two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary. If it happens, it's just part of the story. It contributes to the story to have a goal, to do whatever you're doing to try to achieve it. Whatever happens, happens. Right. If but, it's fun um, for you. Yeah, but there's no power in it. It's not necessary. There's a lot yeah. of stuff out there that says if you don't set an intention for everything that you do, you know, anything could happen. You know, including most of the time some sort of a message of, you know, you're going to waste your time, you know, something bad's going to happen, you're not going to get what you want. There's there's fear and negativity underlying so much of that stuff in phase one. But So it's not don't set goals. It's not you're not enlightened if you do. It's not that's not phase three. It's not you're not going to knock through the cloud cover if you still set goals. None of that's true. The only uh, the opportunity is to be in a truthful, with a capital T, relationship with it. And the truthful relationship with it, my bias, is there's no power in it. But mm-hmm. power can be put there in order to support a unique story. Wow. Who cares? Fascinating. <laughs> That's why I call it ultimate that. freedom, because when you're free from all of the rules and the formulas and the restrictions and that this is the way it is and this is blah, 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 the feeling of it is that's why that label came through ultimate freedom because that's the way that it feels no musts anymore no shoulds anymore no inherent mm-hmm. limits or restrictions unless it makes a fun game to play you know whatever it's a it's um that's the way it feels yeah that's what the phase 3 experience actually feels like and this is a simple example you don't have to figure out what your target is, what your outcome is, what your goal should be. You don't have to figure out the strategy to get you there. 
You don't have to figure out how to change your approach if it doesn't work. You don't have to sift through all the options of people saying this is the way to do it, that's the way to do it. Um, it's an amazingly freeing feeling, and amazing stuff still happens, you know? Yeah. yeah it's wow. quite a relief. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. your shoulders go down. <laughs> Um, and Basil in the chat says, goal setting sucks, so this is great news, lol. <laughs> I'm with Basil. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not with it sucks. I'm, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just with let's have a truthful relationship with it. Right, right. And where it goes, it goes. It's not a No should. must, no must nots, no shoulds, no should nots. Yeah. Just let's be in a truthful relationship with it, and then let's see what happens. You can read novels about characters that set goals. You can see movies about characters who have goals. You can read books and watch movies of characters who don't. It's just what happens. Yeah. Wow. And I could say a lot more about that, but we don't have time. Well, we would love to have you back. (laughs) We're starting to run out of our our two-hour time. Yeah, and I have to go, too. I have to pick my kids up. um, Okay. (laughs) But this has been great. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. I hope that this has been supportive to some stories of people that are listening. And there's a lot more information on all of this uh, on the website, robertscheinfeld.com. There are things that there's an expression of appreciation for. There's an awful lot that there isn't. Um, There are things that are just available there. But um, It's a great resource. Yeah, we'll put that on our website as well to make it easy for people to, um, to find your page. And we so appreciate all your time. Yeah, thank you my very pleasure. much. And my wonderful. intention and the way I close some emails is to say, I wish you an ever-expanding experience of truth with a capital T. And that's what I wish for, for you two, um, Megan and Rachel and everybody listening. That's my thank passion. You. An ever-expanding experience of truth with a capital T. It's Excellent. a fun ride. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye and for have now. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Wow, Rachel. (laughs) That was awesome. Oh, did you have fun? Yes, I had a lot of fun. And even though my head is still a little blurry from being in his his course, (laughs) because I've been um, watching it nonstop for a few days now. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I'm so glad that he joined us. So grateful the time and just the outpouring of love in the chat room has been incredible too so um mysterious mystery says thanks for this sadly i have to run basil says that was very helpful thank you so yeah thanks for everybody too who called in who listened who asked a question who was on the chat it's and people listening to the replay we really appreciate you coming yeah absolutely I, we've got a great community here. If you have additional questions that you want to talk about, anything that was discussed today, feel free to post on our Facebook page. If you just go to Facebook and search on Soulfulpreneur, you'll find us. And, you know, we'd love to chat with people. I think this brought up so many um, issues and little, oh, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. I need to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to put it on right after we hang up, too. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, reach out to us. We we love talking about this stuff and especially about Robert's work. So, make, you know, make yourself known. So, 
we're getting the warning of time here, so we have to sign off. Um, visit the Enlightenment Evolution page on Facebook to learn about all the shows on the network. And yep. yeah, that, that sounds great. Well, <laughs> thank thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited that we got to do this, and here's to bigger and better shows in 2015. It was awesome today. Yeah, great. Thanks, Megan. All right, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Hugs to everybody. We'll talk right. to you next week. Bye. Bye. If you're serious about busting loose from everything that has been limiting and restricting you and opening into a direct experience of truth with a capital T and who you really are, I have a gift that I'd like to offer you. It's an online experience that I call Journey to the Infinite that was taken from a live event that I did. People paid $900 to attend the live event, and many, many others paid as much as $400 for the online or shippable course. But now it's available free of charge as my gift to you and to the world. To get all the details and get immediate access to the Journey to the Infinite experience, visit my site, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash infinite, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash infinite. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. 